What's up, everybody, and welcome to So Uncivilized, a balanced look at the Star Wars saga. I am Anthony, your host, and uh, this episode will be talking about Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. And I do want to apologize uh, just up front here. I think I'm getting a little bit sick, so do please bear with me if uh, you hear any scratchy throat or coughing or sneezing or whatever I may be doing during this I also think my my neighbor has left their dog outside in their backyard, so their dog may be barking occasionally throughout this. So again, I apologize. I don't exactly have the best recording set up here yet. Um, And then, of course, the time of day that I have to do this, it's kind of like, you know, this is the only time I can do it right now, so... But please bear with me. But So I want to give another disclaimer, as I usually do. Anybody who is here viewing these videos uh, and, and is here to see me bash the Star Wars movies in any kind of way, in any kind of negative way, you have found the wrong place. I am not here for that. I am trying to take a balanced look. This is the whole point of this series, to take a balanced look at the Star Wars movies uh, and to kind of weigh the good and the bad and sometimes just talk about I'm really just here to talk about the story of each episode, and I'm here to talk about the way each episode relates to the corresponding episode in, uh, you know, from the prequel trilogy to the original trilogy. So the parallels that are apparent in all the episodes, as well as talk about a little bit of the Star Wars ring theory, which is an eight or nine page essay by Mike Klimo, which is on available online at www.starwarsringtheory.com. And it's a wonderful essay. I encourage everyone to read it. It talks about the Star Wars ring theory in which it talks about the Star Wars saga essentially being a ring. Um, With episode one starting up at the top all the way back up to episode six coming full circle back to the top of the circle. And I'll talk more about that. And I have talked about it in the past couple episodes. So episode one was The Phantom Menace. And episode two, of course, is Attack of the Clones. So now episode three, Revenge of the Sith. (laughs) So we are now um, halfway, well, essentially, yeah, a little bit, after this we'll be about halfway, but this is, you know, Revenge of the Sith is the midpoint of the saga, essentially, and Revenge of the Sith came out in May, of course, 2005, for the longest time we all assumed it would be the last Star Wars movie, but of course, uh, coming up this December, you know, we're... (laughs) We're having a new Star Wars movie, so ten years after that, uh, ten and a half years after that, so this will be the first time that a Star Wars movie will release in December, so we'll see how that goes. But anyway, so Revenge of the Sith, okay, as the title suggests, is the Revenge of the Sith. This is something that has been in waiting. The Sith, uh, led by Darth Sidious, of course, um, the main villain throughout this prequel trilogy, played by Ian McDiarmid, is in a position now. He's he's obviously the Dark Lord of the Sith. He's the he's the head honcho. You know, the, a little bit of backstory on the Sith. They have been in hiding. They have been in waiting, essentially, um, for their opportunity to take over the galaxy. So it's been a thousand years, and actually a thousand years ago. And they kind of talk about it in the Phantom Menace a little bit. How oh, there's no way it could be a Sith. You know, when when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan go to the Jedi Council and talk about this mysterious Sith warrior, right? Which was Darth Maul. And 
so the Sith have been extinct for a thousand years because there was this crazy war between the Sith actually a thousand years ago because there were numerous Sith. There were hundreds, thousands of Sith and they all died from their own, in, their own infighting. They all craved power and they wanted power from each other and they just destroyed themselves. Um, and so uh, a, a very powerful Sith named Darth Bane uh, actually preserved the Sith by killing off the rest of them and then you know proclaiming himself Darth Bane and he started the rule of two where you have the master and the apprentice no more no less and so that has been sort of prospering for the past thousand years now we're in a position where Darth Sidious or Palpatine Chancellor Palpatine of the Republic uh, is is finally ready to take those last those last steps those last uh, get rid of the last few uh, loose ends to become the emperor and take over the galaxy and all this kind of stuff so but anyway let's start at the beginning of this movie so the beginning of this movie starts out with a giant epic space battle over coruscant so we find out in the opening crawl that chancellor palpatine has, has palpatine has been kidnapped by general grievous and his separatist forces and they mean to escape uh, coruscant back to the secret separatist base and of course two jedi knights Obi-Wan and Anakin are uh, assigned to rescue the Chancellor. And so they're flying over. There's a huge battle. I mean, it's probably the biggest space battle we've seen in any Star Wars movie to this point. You know, Anakin and Obi-Wan make it to General Grievous's capital ship, um, the Invisible Hand, and they manage to find Chancellor Palpatine there. And of course, Count Dooku is there, ready for round two. Of course, last time, as we know, in Attack of the Clones, Count Dooku pretty much kicked both of their butts. It wasn't until Yoda came along and uh, kind of put Count Dooku back in his place that, uh, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan were able to survive. So, but now Anakin and Obi-Wan are ready, right? Darth Mo or, uh, Count Dooku is there. Darth Tyrannus is another name for him. That's his Sith Lord name. Interestingly enough, they never really call him Darth Tyrannus, even though we know he's Darth Tyrannus. Uh, the only mention of Darth Tyrannus is in Attack of the Clones. Um, you know, when Jango Fett talks about a man called Tyrannus. And then, of course, at the end of Attack of the Clones, when Count Dooku, or Tyrannus, goes to see Darth Sidious and tells him that the war has started. And he says, oh, Lord Tyrannus, you know, and that's kind of when you figure out, oh, wait, he's actually a Sith Lord for real. So anyway, they fight. Uh, you know, the whole thing is an elaborate test, honestly, uh, to see if Anakin is going to be strong enough to destroy Count Dooku. So the whole time, Count Dooku is just trying to get rid of Obi-Wan. So he's just been trying to separate him so that he can just take on Anakin. And of course, this happens. So Obi-Wan manages to get unconscious. Anakin takes on Count Dooku. He fights. He's giving into his anger, his hatred. And he, and he ends up you know, cutting off Count Dooku's hands, first of all, taking his lightsaber and Count Dooku's lightsaber and then cutting his head clean off. Of course, this is all a show. Like I said, this is Palpatine watching Anakin. This is him taking control, essentially. This is, at this point, you know, he's goading him on during the fight, all this stuff. He's like, you know, kill him now and this kind of thing. And of course, Anakin, you know, he's still reluctant. I mean, he's still trying to hold on to his Jedi ways. Um, and this is one of those first instances where he's letting go. He's slowly letting go. 
um, but he believes he's still doing the right thing. And we'll come to discover that Anakin throughout this movie, throughout even the original trilogy, as we go into episodes four or five and six, he still thinks he's doing the right thing. Okay, so this is not somebody who is an, a grand master villain, you know what I mean? He's not just like this one-dimensional character, you know, and, and you know, we'll see more of that as we go. And this is sort of the first step, you know, to him really embracing it. And in Palpatine's eyes, this is the, the point where he has already become his apprentice. You know, Anakin has already become Sidious's apprentice at this point. So they return home to Coruscant with the Chancellor. Um, you know, General Grievous escapes. He, he manages to go um, to the planet Utapau, where all the other Separatists are, and tells them that Count Dooku has been... Uh, defeated, you know, he's the, he's the one in charge now. And uh, Darth Sidious tells Grievous, though, I have a new apprentice, you know, and this kind of thing. So we see that. Anakin and Obi-Wan finally return back to Coruscant. We find out that the Clone Wars have been going on for years now. This is their first time back to their home planet. And Anakin, of course, uh, sees Padme again for the first time in months, right? And she has, you know, they love each other. They're, they're all, but they have to still keep it a secret, remember, because this is after their big wedding and Attack the Clones, the secret wedding. But throughout this whole time, they've been keeping everything a secret. And of course, he comes home. She has some wonderful news, right? Uh, she's pregnant. And he's like, uh-oh. But he's happy, you know? He's happy, but he's like, oh, man, you know, because it's like... You know, I mean, it keeps, you know, like I said, I mean, it's just tragic. It's a tragedy. It's going to keep going deeper down into the rabbit hole. And there's nothing he can do at this point to kind of stop that. Um, but, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's just taking a while to sink in. He's just gotten back, you know. And so he's just trying to figure out, you know, the more he keeps this a secret, the more things are being taken away from him in a way. Things are being pushed back. Things are, you know. Um, he's losing his grasp, and he doesn't like to lose his grasp. Remember, he 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 makes attachments, and he conforms attachments, and he wants to keep those attachments. You know, this is stuff that has been built up from Phantom Menace through Attack of the Clones, and now we see it in full force with Revenge of the Sith. Now he has a wife. Now he has a kid coming. You know, but he also wants to become more powerful in the Force. You know, and so he has uh, this vision. This nightmare, really. Remember, he has he suffered from nightmares, and this is how he discovered that his mother was suffering on Tatooine in Attack of the Clones. Now, though, he's having nightmares about his wife, Padme, suffering during childbirth and possibly dying. So he has this newfound mission where, you know, he's he he needs to stop his wife from dying. You know, he can't have this happen. He's already had his mom die. He's already been, you know, taken away from his mom. He's already, you know, these different things that are happening that are, like, pushing him um, sort of into these, you know, closer to the dark side, right? Um, so, you know, he goes to Master Yoda to see if there's anything that can possibly happen. You know, is there anything in the Force? Is there anything the Jedi know about that can help him to save someone that he loves of course the jedi don't know master yoda doesn't know you know that he's married or anything so he can't really say outright okay my wife may or may not die during childbirth i need to know what to do to to figure this out and um so yoda doesn't really help him out he just kind of 
tells him again just to kind of let go of his attachments, let go of the things that you fear to lose, and that is the only way. So he's saying rejoice in uh, those who turn into the force, you know. So that doesn't help Anakin at all. Uh, meanwhile, the um, uh, Clone Wars continue. Uh, they discover the location of General Grievous on Utapau. Um, and this, of course, where, uh, you know, sort of different. We see a little bit more of the Clone Wars. We see Yoda going off to Kashyyyk, which is the Wookiee homeworld. This is the first time we see the Wookiee homeworld. And, of course, the Wookiees, as well come to find out are like the, the species that Chewbacca is from the original trilogy. And we only really see one Wookiee in that trilogy, but of course we've seen Wookiees throughout this prequel trilogy. And of course we see them in full force here on one of the key uh, battles of the Clone Wars. And Master Yoda has really good relations with the Wookiees, so he ends up going there. Obi-Wan ends up going to find Grievous on a planet called Utapau, which is sort of a sinkhole planet. This is where all the Separatists are. And meanwhile, <clears throat> Anakin, of course, has been meeting with Palpatine numerous times. <clears throat> and so the Jedi Council appoints Anakin as uh, to sit on the council, um, but he must spy on Palpatine. Because, of course, at this point, you know, everything that's happened after Attack of the Clones, everything that's been happening in the Clone Wars, there is a dark cloud. You know, Master Yoda, Mace Windu, everybody senses this. They know that something is up. They just don't know who it is. They don't know who the Dark Lord of the Sith is. They don't know what's going on. They don't, you know, and it's just right under their noses. But now they're starting to pick up stuff, and they're like, so they appoint Anakin to be on the Jedi Council, but they, he has to spy on the Chancellor. And so this does not sit well with Anakin at all, because Palpatine has been a friend, he's been a mentor, he's been like a father figure to him ever since he arrived on Coruscant, right? This is already like the tipping off point for him and the Jedi. He's just kind of like, wow, he's getting really suspicious of them. And, you know, why are they dealing this way? Why don't they just come out and say, hey, you know, <laughs> why don't we all just negotiate? Why don't we all get along? Why don't we just like figure this out? But no, you know, so from his point of view now, he's seeing the Jedi as these sort of, um, you know, these sort of double dealers, these sort of um, uh, under... Uh, undercover, you know what I mean? They're, they're just trying to be um, subversive and, and things like that, and it's not really sitting well with him, right? So, of course, he meets with, with Chancellor Palpatine again. Palpatine ends up telling him um, this, you know, the thing about the Jedi, you know, wanting to maintain power and all this kind of stuff and what happens when that happens. Uh, but, of course, Anakin is still very much devoted to the Jedi. I mean, he is. He's very devoted to the Jedi Code, to his ethics, to his, um, uh, his, his upbringing, you know. And so he's still reluctant to say anything bad about them, even though, like I said, at this point, he's already experiencing internal frustrations and conflicts about the Jedi. And so, you know, Palpatine is trying, he's working on him right he's just like you know so he tells him this story the tragedy of darth plagueis the wise right who it was a sith lord powerful sith lord who was able to influence the life in midi-chlorians to uh, stop living things from dying he was also able to create life so if there's a tip off there <laughs> yeah it's possible Here's another speculation thing. It's possible that Darth Plagueis 
and or Darth Sidious created Anakin to suit their needs, you know, and, and that's something that is debatable. It's something that was originally going to be in the movie, actually, but they cut it out. It was an earlier draft of, of the film, of the screenplay. So he's, he's telling him about this story now that, uh, and Anakin is very interested. He's like, wait, what, what, how is this possible? There are things in the force that the Jedi aren't really telling him. Um, and there's only, you know, only possible to learn through a dark Lord of the Sith. Apparently this is what, what Palpatine ends up telling him. And so now the inner workings again are working. He's like, wait, what, what is going on here? Like, you know, so he's, he's, he's going off on his thing now, right? He's trying to uh, figure out ways to uh, to save Padme now, and, and and so now kind of coming in closer with Palpatine is is probably going to do that, you know. And so Anakin and Obi Wan have their last meeting essentially as friends on Coruscant. After this point, they will not come together again until the very end, and they're going to be fighting each other. <laughs> So anyway, Obi-Wan goes off uh, to Udupau to stop General Grievous once and for all and to hopefully end the war. And so at the same time, the Jedi Council has put this sort of thing on, on, on Obi-Wan that if he gets Grievous, if Grievous is either defeated or killed or whatever, you know, they need to go to Chancellor Palpatine and he must um, give up his emergency powers. Uh, because he's been in office too long, he's been, you know, uh, consolidating power, he's been uh, doing a lot of things, especially during the, the Clone Wars, that have been very questionable, and the Jedi are just ready to take control if they need to. So he's going after General Grievous, um, he ends up destroying General Grievous, of course. Anakin, on the other hand, is um, talking with Padme a lot, um, you know, he's He's just in this, he's just lost, you know, he's got these conflicting emotions, he's not sure what to do anymore, he feels like, you know, the Jedi are pushing him back, they're keeping him down, they're just sort of trying to keep him in a position to where he doesn't get powerful, too powerful, and I think that's the key that is, you know, sort of sets him off even more is the fact that he is just, he wants more power, you know, he needs more power now because of the fact that he wants to keep his wife alive. Throughout the whole movie, by the way, it's just Anakin is just keeps getting shot down by the Jedi in every in every circumstance. He's shot down by his own master, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's shot down by Master Yoda. He's shot down by Mace Windu. You know, Mace Windu doesn't trust him, all this kind of stuff. Um, so it, it just makes, to me, it just makes perfect sense right from the beginning of the movie that, you, you know, he's going to go down a dark path. And quite honestly... If anybody is at the most fault for this, it would be the Jedi. It would be Obi-Wan, his master. It would be Master Yoda. It would be Mace Windu and all the Jedi, the Jedi Council. You know, they have all led to Anakin's downfall. Um, and, you know, obviously the guilt of that will live on. And we'll see that in episodes four, five, and six with Obi-Wan and Yoda later on, of course. So anyway, Obi-Wan kills General Grievous, right? This news is then brought back to the Jedi Council. They go and talk to, um, so they, you know, Mace Windu is like, okay, we need to go now. We need to go talk to Chancellor Palpatine. We need to see what he's going to do. Is he going to step down? You know, is he going to fight? I mean, what is the thing that's going to happen here? So he ends up uh, getting ready to go. He, he gets some Jedi from the Jedi Council. He's getting ready to go over to Chancellor Palpatine, tell him about the news that General Grievous is dead, right? 
Meanwhile, Anakin uh, goes to Chancellor Palpatine um, to talk to him just again about, you know, what could be going on. You know, I mean, he wants to kind of get a little bit more from him in terms of, you know, the story of Darth Plagueis and this kind of thing. And he's just upset about, you know, oh, the council's keeping me out of this. They won't send me to do this. I was supposed to go destroy General Grievous and they won't let me do that. And of course, this is the big reveal in the movie where Chancellor Palpatine uh, reveals to Anakin that he, in fact, is Darth Sidious. He is the master. You know, he's not only been studying uh, the Jedi, he's been studying Sith, he's been studying the light side of the Force, the dark side of the Force, and he proposes to Anakin that in order to be a true leader, somebody who will be great, you know, somebody like Anakin, in fact, since he is the chosen one, he needs to know both sides of the Force. He needs to know the light side. He needs to know the dark side, you know, and he needs to have that power in order to save his wife. So obviously, whoa, right? Palpatine, or Sidious in this case now, already knows that Anakin has a wife, right? And has probably known forever. And so Anakin is just like, what? There's no way, you know? Uh, he's ready to strike him down right there, but again, it's it's his his moral code. You know, the Jedi code is not to destroy anybody, not to kill anybody out of um, anger or hatred or, you know, um, anything like that. So he ends up just saying, you know what, I'm going to get, I'm going to report you to the Jedi Council, to the Senate, and they will, you know, place you under arrest. Um, so he ends up leaving. He ends up actually going to Mace Windu, who, again, is already ready to go to see Palpatine about the news that General Grievous has been destroyed. And uh, Anakin tells him everything. He tells him, you know what, he's the Sith Lord. He's the one who's controlling the senators. You know, we all may be in danger, all this stuff. Again, we're at a point where Mace Windu shoots down Anakin. He says, you know what, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. I'm going there now with a team of Jedi. We will question him. We will ask him exactly what his motivations are. If it turns out to be true, then you know, you can help us. Uh, but at this point, you need to stay here, stay in the Jedi Council. We're going to take on, uh, question Palpatine ourselves. And if we need you, we'll, we'll call you, you know, basically is what it is. So Anakin, of course, you know, this is kind of the last straw for him. Uh, of course, he does go to the Jedi Council. He ends up meditating. And uh, across the city, Padme, um, is in her apartment of course and so she I think at this point it's kind of apparent that she's also somewhat strong in the force um, and she can sense Anakin's pain she can sense what he's going through and they sort of have it's a great visual moment in the story actually where Anakin is meditating he's thinking about all these things he's in the Jedi uh, Council chambers he's thinking about what Palpatine said it's all going through his head he's thinking about what Mace Windu said he's talking about he's thinking about what Yoda said what Obi-Wan everything's just going through his mind and across like I said the city we have Padme kind of doing the same thing and they have this moment where they're coming towards each other really from across the city you know towards you know uh, the windows and they're just kind of watching each other through the force you know and it's just this amazing visual moment and that's the moment where Anakin just says you know what I have to go I have to go back to Palpatine I need to go to him and hopefully rescue him save him from what the Jedi are going to do and then of course we have uh, Mace Windu and his uh, his Jedi posse 
walk into Palpatine's chambers and uh, start to question him. Um, and, uh, you know, Palpatine, of course, does not give up his power. And, um, yeah, and then you realize, oh, wait, this guy can use a lightsaber. <laughs> he gets out his lightsaber. He starts fighting. He kills three of the Jedi right off the bat, leaving only Mace Windu. They start fighting uh, throughout the office, throughout the chambers, everywhere. They end up breaking the glass. It's just crazy big epic fight between two amazing masters of the Force. You know, Mace Windu is arguably probably the best most powerful Jedi in the order right now probably besides Anakin and Yoda and Obi-Wan but <laughs> and then of course Darth Sidious is Darth Sidious I mean he's the he's the head honcho of the of the Sith order right now I mean he's the dark lord of the Sith and so they end up fighting um and Mace Windu ends up getting the upper hand of Darth Sidious and this is the moment where Anakin comes in this is the critical moment the crucial moment where he sees uh, Mace Windu standing over Palpatine, ready to slice his head off, and of course Anakin is like, "No, I need him. You can't destroy him. You can't. You can't kill him. You can't. He needs to go to jail, or you know, he needs to go uh, stand trial and all this stuff." And Mace is just like, "No, he's too dangerous to be kept alive." You know, which is probably true. Let's face it. <laughs> and uh, just as he's ready to just boom, like chop his head off, right? Anakin takes out his lightsaber. <laughs> Cuts off Mace Windu's hand. Uh, Palpatine, in all of his rage, you know, gets his power, gets his uh, his lightning ability, of course, electrocutes the crap out of Mace Windu and sends him flying out the window. Tragic end to a great Jedi. But, of course, we all know at this point it has to happen. It has to happen. And, of course, this is the point where Anakin... You know, throughout the whole movie, like I said, he's just being shot down by the Jedi, shot down by his master, shot down by everybody. And finally coming to a realization, coming to the point where he's not necessarily happy with what he's doing, but he believes that what he is doing is right. He believes that at this point, the Jedi have done nothing but hold him back. Should he have killed Mace Windu? No. Well, he didn't really kill him. I mean, he chopped his hand off, right? And it was just Darth Sidious that killed him. But should he have done that, though? Probably not. You know, but, you know, that's what happened. And so, you know, Anakin, of course, is now at a point of no return. You know, this is the moment where he pledges his life, his 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 teachings now to his master. This is now his new master, Darth Sidious. And Darth Sidious christens him Darth Vader, of course. And this is where Anakin Skywalker, the man, the person, the good Jedi that we have known throughout the this first trilogy dies essentially right he is Darth Vader now and uh, of course Darth Sidious's first order for his new newly christened apprentice is to go to the Jedi temple kill all the remaining Jedi he tells him that every Jedi now is an enemy of the Republic including his friend Obi-Wan Kenobi including Master Yoda um, and so he is sent to the Jedi Temple to destroy it, destroy all the Jedi. And meanwhile, Darth Sidious, of course, has a plan. Remember all those clones? Remember the clone facility and attack the clones? All the clone troopers now under the Republic? Well, they were all conditioned. They were all genetically engineered with this particular order. Uh, and once... Uh, uh, 
Palpatine or Sidious gives the order uh, of Order 66, boom, something changes inside the clones. Now they have an order to kill all the Jedi. And this is the big Jedi purge moment in, you know, in the entire saga. Um, and we see, of course, um, Obi-Wan get shot down uh, by his clones he ends up falling. We don't know what happens to him. We see another Jedi, Ayla Sakura. She ends up getting killed by her clones. We see another Jedi, Kiadi Mundi. He gets killed by his clones. We see Plo Koon. You know, just a lot of the Jedi that we've known to, or, or come to know in the prequel trilogy are just being shot down and destroyed. And this is one of the most, like, emotional moments in the entire saga right here and then it just keeps getting worse after this in terms of like how tragic and dark it gets it's just like this is the real turning point of you know the republic and uh of course uh this is where you know anakin goes to the jedi temple kills all the jedi he ends up killing killing the you know the padawans the younglings I mean, he is on a rampage, and, and it's all in the belief that all the Jedi are evil. It's all in that belief. It's all in the belief that the Jedi were the ones who were consolidating power, who were trying to take control, who were trying to rule the galaxy, who were trying to do all these bad things. And, you know, and holding Anakin back, essentially. And um, so, yeah, just really tragic stuff. And, of course, after he's done all that, he ends up going to um, uh, Padme to let her know that he's uh, going to be leaving the planet. So um, his next mission is essentially to go to a planet called Mustafar, which is the lava planet, and to destroy all of the uh, Separatists. Because after the, the Battle of Utapau, uh, the Separatists end up leaving and going. They escape to the planet Mustafar to to await further orders and to await um, Darth Sidious's new apprentice, Darth Vader, right? <laughs> um, so they go there. Um, Obi-Wan does manage to survive the fall. He's in hiding now. He's just trying to, he's sneaking around. He's just trying to, like, find a way off planet now because he's still on Utapau and all the clones have turned against him. Master Yoda, same thing has happened, happened on the planet Kashyyyk. All the clones turn against him. But of course... Yoda, being Yoda, being a 900-year-old alien dude, uh, can sense um, that the clones have turned. So he is ready for their attack. And so he ends up going off with um, Chewbacca and, uh, and Tarful, the other uh, Wookiee captain or general or whatever. And, uh, and, they, and they end up uh, finding an escape pod for him, and he ends up just jettisoning, jettisoning off into space. Same thing with Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan ends up getting General Grievous's ship and just flying off the planet, managing to escape all the clone troopers. And then this is, of course, where uh, Bail Organa comes into the story, Senator Bail Organa, who we later come to realize is the adoptive father of Princess Leia Organa. So <clears throat> they end up catching, hitching a ride with uh, Bail Organa, who has... Um, who uh, firsthand witnesses the attack on the Jedi Temple and ends up just escaping because he's about to get killed by some clone troopers as well. And so he sends out a distress signal. He's trying to find other Jedi who have survived this attack uh, and, to, and to sort of, you know, house them to, to keep them safe, you know. Uh, so he ends up finding Master Yoda. He ends up finding Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
Um, and uh, Obi-Wan and, and Yoda decide that they're going to head back to Coruscant um, to uh, shut down essentially the signal that is telling everybody to return. So it's telling, so anybody who has survived Order 66 in some form or another, if they have, of course, Darth Sidious has his other plan in place where he's like, okay, he's sending out this distress signal, the Clone Wars are over, all the Jedi must return to Coruscant, and of course he's got, you know, this uh, welcoming committee probably waiting for them ready to kill them, right? But anyway, Obi-Wan and Anakin, or Obi-Wan and Yoda and Bail Organa essentially decide to go back to Coruscant. Uh, and at this point, also, Palpatine is holding a special session of the Senate, um, so all this stuff is happening now. So they all have to return to Coruscant, right? Anakin, meanwhile, is heading off to Mustafar to take care of the Separatist leaders. And so he does, and he goes there, and, and the Separatist leaders are all ready to welcome Darth Vader into their arms. They're like, hey, this guy's great. He's going to help us defeat the Republic and all this stuff. And, of course, Anakin um, takes out his lightsaber and just slashes everybody up. Er, Obi-Wan and Yoda managed to get to the Jedi Temple. Uh, of course, there are the clone troopers waiting for them, but they cut them down. They get to the beacon, uh, the distress signal. They shut it down. They actually reverse it. They tell all remaining Jedi to stay away from Coruscant. And of course, Chancellor Palpatine, now Emperor Palpatine, declares the Galactic Republic dead and starts the Galactic Empire, the first Galactic Empire in its place. You know, he tells everybody about how the Jedi were trying to take over, trying to kill him. He's left scarred, remember, um, from Mace Windu, which was actually his own lightning that was shot back at him. But anyway, he ends up all scarred, and so he blames the Jedi for this. Everybody in the Senate, of course, is, of course, very supportive. They understand exactly where he's coming from. They're going along with it. They're like, yay, the Galactic Empire. It's fantastic. It's great. And uh, so, yeah, the Republic is essentially dead at this point. The Separatist leaders are all dead at this point. Anakin is now, or Darth Vader, is now sort of the master of his domain on Mustafar. You know, there's this poignant moment there after he kills all the leaders. He's just staring out at his, at his good works, right? You know, there's lava coming up everywhere, this fire. I mean, he's in a literal hell at this point. And I think he has descended to a literal hell. I mean, his character in terms of where he is. Again, though, still believing he's doing the right thing. Um, anyway, after all this hullabaloo, um, Obi-Wan and Yoda decide, you know what? We have to take down the Sith. We have to do it. We are really the only Jedi left that we know of, and we have to do this. Nobody else is going to do it. So Yoda decides he's going to go after Darth Sidious. Obi-Wan decides he's going to go after Anakin. Of course, he doesn't want to. I mean, this is his brother. This is somebody he has looked after for so long that he's trained, that he's, you know, just, like I said, developed this brotherly love for him. And he has to go after him now and kill him. And it's just like, it's just breaking him up inside. Um... But of course, he doesn't know where Anakin is, right? So he ends up going to Padme. He ends up using his feelings, as Master Yoda says. Goes to Padme. Of course, he has had a sneaking suspicion all suspicion all along that they have been together. Uh, and he discovers, you know, um, that... Well, he ends up telling her, essentially, that, um, you know, he's turned against everything. The Jedi, the Republic. He is now a Sith Lord, 
you know, he's fallen to the dark side. So the dark side, he's killed younglings, he's killed Jedi. He needs to find him, you know. And, and she just won't tell him. And then, of course, he, you know, suspects, of course, that the baby is his and all this stuff. So it's just gone down this really crazy, tragic spiral. Um, so Padme, you know, um, kind of trying to figure this out, just trying, you know, she's in complete denial about Anakin at this point. She doesn't believe any of it. She's just like, you know, there's no way he would do this. So she ends up uh, taking C-3PO with her and flying to planet Mustafar. Uh, to, to talk to Anakin to see what exactly is going on. But of course, Obi-Wan has hitched a ride on her ship, unbeknownst to her, because he knew that she was going to um, try to see him to see what the heck was going on, right? And um, so she ends up going to, to Anakin, finds him on Mustafar. They have a little bit of a heart-to-heart. And Anakin is excited. You know, he is telling her about this newfound power. He is pretty much confirming everything, all of her fears at this point, that he has turned to the dark side, that he is evil, that he has killed younglings, that he has done all this. Um, and he's not denying it, and he's confirming it. And in fact, you know, they start to get into a thing about, because she mentions Obi-Wan, you know, Obi-Wan can help us, he can do, you know... And he's just like, no, you know, Obi-Wan is, is gone. He's a traitor to the Republic. And then, of course, he sees Obi-Wan coming out of the ship. And this is where Anakin's blood boils. I mean, he thinks that Padme is, is, is with Obi-Wan now. You know, because she's so adamant, uh, to, you know, to get Obi-Wan's help. And so the jealousy rises, the anger, the hatred. He ends up force-choking Padme nearly to death. And Obi-Wan stops him, of course. And, and I think even at this point, Anakin is... You know, at that point, he's lost control. That's the point where I would say he's he's beyond good or thinking he's doing the right thing at that point. He's just he's kind of, he's just lost control, you know, and, and he needs to be stopped. He needs to be, you know, he's not at the point where he um can be loved by somebody else at this point or or can love another and and you know and you see it in his kind of his speech you know too that he's you know he wants to overthrow the emperor he wants to overthrow palpatine he wants to rule the galaxy with padme and this kind of thing so he's already lost that little bit of him and and he's just at this point now where he just wants more power it's power 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 and nothing else and so like i said this confirms the worst for padme and she is at this point just broken hearted and then of course he force chokes her she's unconscious she's probably in critical condition right now obi-wan ends up stepping in and um he, he like i said he's got to stop anakin at, at any cost and of course anakin says you know if you're not with me then you're my enemy so he will do whatever he needs to now to take him down so at this point at this point in the story, Anakin and Obi-Wan are at the furthest apart that they could possibly be. And it's very, very sad. Very, very tragic. So, of course, they fight. They have their epic lightsaber duel on Mustafar, which spans really the entire facility that's on Mustafar. Master Yoda goes to Darth Sidious, or Emperor Palpatine, in his chambers they end up fighting of course you know you see the full power of the dark side again you know his electricity just blasts or his lightning abilities blasts yoda back um 
and of course they end up fighting with lightsabers and there's all this crazy stuff you know palpatine's throwing you know they end up in the uh, giant uh, senate uh, chamber with all the cool you know the little um floating platforms and stuff so palpatine just ends up you know chucking these floating platforms at yoda yoda's deflecting them i mean it's just this crazy 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 battle but of course master yoda is not powerful enough to stop sidious um and sidious ends up blasting him back with his lightning again yoda ends up falling from a great height he's nearly unconscious he's beaten he has to go into hiding he just escapes goes with bail organa and they end up leaving the planet meanwhile anakin and obi-wan are still fighting um big epic fights things are blowing up things are you know going crazy they end up out on the actual lava so they're fighting on this river of lava on this um, floating platform and they end up just like coming to a standstill obi-wan ends up jumping off of the platform ends up on this um rocky hillside and anakin says do not underestimate my power right don't underestimate my underestimate my power and obi-wan says don't try it i have the high ground and of course, Anakin, being the sort of power-hungry person that he is now, being cocky, being full of himself, being uh, just beyond, you know, human emotion, beyond, you know, sort of human control and all that, ends up leaping. And right as he comes up to Obi-Wan, boom, Obi-Wan cuts off his legs and his other arm. And goodbye. Goodbye, Anakin. Uh, Anakin ends up right on the side of the lava lake, all scarred up, all messed up, you know, without limbs. Uh, he ends up burning. <laughs> uh, yeah, very, very tragic, very um, messed up. You know, we see everything that amounts to wh what he looks like, you know, in as as Darth Vader and under the under the the armor, of course, of Darth Vader. And of course, um, Obi-Wan ends up taking Anakin's lightsaber and ends up leaving Anakin for dead, you know. You know, there's no way Anakin survive, can survive this. So it's just, yeah, I mean, he thinks he's dead and that's it. Um, you know, but he, he does say some very sort of emotional things. You know, he was supposed to be the chosen one. You know, he was his brother, all this stuff. So, of course, Obi-Wan is just completely... I mean, he's heartbroken over this thing now. Um, so the fight's over. He ends up getting back to the ship. He gets Padme back onto the ship with R2 and C-3PO. And they end up leaving. Um, meanwhile, Darth Sidious has sensed that Anakin is in trouble. He ends up taking a shuttle and going to Mustafar, finding Anakin there and um, bringing him back to Coruscant. And then we have these um, dual scenes going side by side. We have birth, we have death, and we have rebirth. Um, so this is the sequence where Padme is um, is giving birth to the twins. And, uh, you know, at this point, it's Obi-Wan meets up with uh, Bail Organa and Yoda, who are on um, an asteroid. Um, they fled Coruscant at this point. And so Padme is brought into an operating table uh, to get the babies out. And, of course, the doctors there determine that Padme is on her last legs. She's about to die. She, she's lost the will to live. And, you know, and this goes along with, I think, like I said, 
her abilities with the Force, her nascent abilities with the Force. I think she's always had the Force all along, which is why she was able to do such extraordinary things at such a young age, as we see her do in The Phantom Menace, and of course in Attack of the Clones, and now in Revenge of the Sith. You know, but it takes, you know, Anakin going to the dark side has sucked the life force out of her, the living force, if you will. And, you know, you know, her heart being broken is, you know, emotional and spiritual, but it's also a very physical thing. Her heart was physically broken by Anakin, you know. And so she ends up giving birth, naming the twins Luke and Leia. And then she dies. And at this point, opposite this scene, Anakin fully, or Darth Vader, fully becomes the Darth Vader that we know into going into episodes four and five. The armored, you know, black, you know, samurai-esque armor that he has on um, to keep him alive. It's a, it's a life support suit. And so we see him take his first breath as Darth Vader. Um, but meanwhile, in, in, in Padme's dying breath, she says to Obi-Wan that she believes Anakin still has good in him. You know, she's still of that belief, which of course serves her son well later on uh, in, the, in, the, new trilogy, in the, the original trilogy. And, 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 so, and then of course Anakin or Darth Vader now wakes up in his new suit, asks about Padme, Darth Sidious is there. Darth Sidious tells him he's pretty much, this is the last straw, really. Um, and he pretty much tells Darth Vader that in his anger, he ended up killing Padme, which, of course, makes Darth Vader even more angry. And he ends up crushing with the Force the entire medical facility. And, yeah, just so at this point, Darth Vader has lost everything. Anakin, the man we knew as Anakin, is gone officially he thinks padme's gone his kid is gone is dead um you know the jedi are gone everything that he stood for everything that he, that he lived for is destroyed is gone so he has no choice now he has no choice but to be the servant of darth sidious and go along with him because he's got nothing else he's got nothing else the most tragic thing in the world he ends up you know, being really just the mo one of the most tragic figures, I think, in, in movie history, Darth Vader. Uh, so, of course, um, <clears throat> we have that. And then, we, of course, we have the issue of where to put the twins, Luke and Leia and, and Obi-Wan and Yoda, end up formulating a plan. Princess Leia ends up going with, or she's not princess yet, she becomes a princess, but Leia ends up being adopted by Bail Organa, going off with him to Alderaan. And Obi-Wan ends up taking the little baby Luke to his family, the Lars family, Owen, Lars, and Beru on Tatooine. And we see, you know, the final shot of that is is the the Lars family with Luke staring off into the, the sunset, the setting suns of Tatooine. And so there we go. Boom. The new hope is born, right? So there you go. Revenge of the Sith. Um, the turning point of the entire saga. <clears throat> and it is, it's just, it's, oh man, it is, if, if, if I could say one thing that is unbalanced right now, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith is not only a really great chapter in the Star Wars saga, it is, um, I think a masterwork of, of cinema, quite frankly, it's a masterwork of film, I think, you know, I don't like to 
you know, the purpose of the Star Wars saga is that they are meant to be seen as one whole story. You know, episode one, two, three, four, five, and six. I mean, they are, you have to see them as one whole story. If you try and separate them and if you try and break them down and say, oh, this one's my favorite, this one's better than that one, all that kind of stuff, you're defeating the purpose of what Star Wars is. Um, but that being said, like I said, I'm going to be a little bit unbalanced now for just a little second. I do have to mention that Revenge of the Sith is just wow a really good film and you know seeing it as a standalone film is just pretty pretty amazing um but also seeing it as part of this larger saga as as really the critical piece of the entire star wars saga is it's just amazing you know what it what it does and you know uh, the parallels again um you know, between this, this one, of course, Revenge of the Sith parallels Return of the Jedi. Um, you know, in the same way that Luke Skywalker in the original, or in that story, um, you know, becomes a fully fledged Jedi. In this one, it's it's about Anakin becoming a fully fledged Sith Lord. You know, so it's the exact same thing, it's just in the opposite way. And. <clears throat> You know, so we have the different parallels there. Of course, we have the rescue scenes at the beginning of the movies in Revenge of the Sith. It is Chancellor Palpatine being rescued by Anakin and Obi-Wan in Return of the Jedi. It's Han Solo being rescued by Luke and Leia. And, of course, Lando and Chewbacca and all those guys. And then we have the... Uh, we, of course, have Emperor Palpatine for the first time in seen in Return of the Jedi. And then, of course, we have Emperor Palpatine emerge in Revenge of the Sith. So we have that parallel. We have the parallels um, between Luke um, Luke discovering that, in fact, from Yoda, that Anakin, or that Darth Vader, in fact, what is his father, was Anakin Skywalker, and then, in fact, Leia is his sister. And in that same way, we have the revelation of Ren of the Sith that Darth's, that Chancellor Palpatine is in fact Darth Sidious. And then going along and then talking about the um, Star Wars ring theory, of course, which is something I've mentioned throughout the podcast, um, in the way that the Phantom Menace almost had to pull double duty with not only paralleling A New Hope, but it also reverse paralleled Return of the Jedi in a way. And then, of course, Attack of the Clones paralleled Empire Strikes Back. And that was, in a way, a very literal parallel, but it was also a reverse parallel in the same way. Um, but in that same way, Revenge of the Sith also has to pull double duty the same way that Phantom Menace did, because it not only parallels Return of the Jedi, but it actually parallels A New Hope. And this goes along, like I said, with the ring theory, with um, the end of this circle because each trilogy kind of makes its own little circle as well but the end of the prequel trilogy circle sort of coincides with the beginning of the original trilogy circle so in that way the way that phantom menace corresponded with return of the jedi which was the beginning and the end so we're at the middle of the saga now so revenge of the sith corresponds with a new hope as well and it's actually pretty fascinating the way it does that um like I said, read, go to the StarWarsRingTheory.com, read that essay. But I'll, I'll just kind of shoot off some stuff here. It's interesting to, to note that the beginning, the very beginning, the opening shot of Revenge of the Sith, which is like a 70-second shot uh, of Anakin and Obi-Wan and their ships, you know, working in unison to the Force theme, a very militaristic Force theme on the soundtrack, and just going through space and 
it's interesting to note that the way that one starts is the way that the a new hope ends with the throne room sequence at the end when han and luke go up to the stairs to receive their medals from princess leia it's the same thing and you have the force theme going on in a very militaristic way and it's the same sequence so the beginning of revenge of the sith corresponds directly to the end of a new hope it's just fascinating not only that but then we also have um we have the big space battle at the beginning which is how the movie starts and a new hope ends with a big space battle remember anyway like i said revenge of the sith does does double duty with that um and it is the the midpoint of the entire saga it's the point where you know we have the ultimate tragedy of the saga from this point on it can only go up because <laughs> there's nowhere else to go and and for those who point out that the empire strikes back is a very dark entry in the star wars saga it's true uh you know i mean the star wars saga has its peaks and troughs i mean it, it, as any movie series does you know and even the phantom menace has ups and downs tag the clones ups and downs written to sith i mean each episode of the star wars saga does right but ultimately at the end of empire strikes back there's still hope there's still that um instance of you know what we have come out of this on top we've come out as better people you know luke is now more powerful in the force because of this you know leia you know same thing she is now in love with this man uh you know even though okay he's been captured whatever but you know we're gonna help him we're gonna find him we're gonna do whatever we can you know so there's still that like hope at the end of the empire strikes back that in a way you know there's no hope at the end of revenge of the sith the hope doesn't come until a new hope you know which is aptly named of course um you know i mean it's the 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 interesting thing to note too of about the two trilogies is that the prequel trilogy goes in descending order okay that's important to note it actually starts out that's why the phantom menace is probably the most light-hearted and most kid-friendly of all the star wars films because it starts out on a high note but then as this series continues you go into attack of the clones it's just descending 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 same thing with revenge of the sith and then all of a sudden you get to this low point the the lowest point in the entire saga which is fall of the republic death of all the jedi order 66 uh anakin becoming darth vader uh padme dying uh you know all this you know him becoming the cyborg darth vader losing everything really is that's it that's the lowest point that's it and then boom we have the original trilogy or the second trilogy so if you want to talk about it like this either the first trilogy which is the prequel trilogy descending order second trilogy which is the original trilogy ascending order okay so we have a new hope which is the new hope which is like going up and then empire strikes back same thing and then return of the jedi boom and that's why we have this fantastic celebration at the end and we'll get more into that later into some other episodes the sith finally gaining power you know finally ruling the galaxy um for a thousand years they've been in hiding they've been believed to be extinct and now they are back and this is the way to do it you come in just sub subversively you come in you know what i mean you come in you know as a good guy as palpatine did and you take over that way you know as we know some of the great and i don't mean great in terms of good but you know great as in just powerful but you know some of the great dictatorships that we've known in our history specifically you know the nazi um uh, 
Empire uh, during World War II, but even the Roman Empire, even, you know, all these kinds of things, the dictatorships, uh, communism, you know, <clears throat> they all start like that. So it's fascinating to see um, a lot of real world sort of politics and, and, um, and events and history influencing the Star Wars movies. I would just encourage people to go see the movie. This is, you know, Revenge of the Sith is, um, yeah, really good and <laughs> really awesome. And like I said, sorry guys, um, I'm, I think I'm about ready to stop. I just am getting, uh, I think, sicker by the second, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you for joining me. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I hope that, um, you know, just go see the movie again, uh, with some fresh eyes. I always say that, I try and say that with, uh, especially the, um, prequel trilogy, um, with the way the, the parallels of, of the both, tri both the trilogies are, I mean, they are inseparable. So we're at a point now where we're going to be, the next episode is going to be going into the original trilogy. Um, and, and, and the point of this is to just show that they are connected, you know, and that they cannot be seen separately. They can't be. They need to be seen as one. They need to be seen as a unit. They need to be seen as the Star Wars saga. You know, anybody who tries to separate them is being foolish and childish. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but you, if you are doing that, you know, and for anybody who... Uh, you know, either side. I've seen it both sides. I've seen people talk about, oh, I love the prequel trilogy, but I don't like the original trilogy. Or I love the original trilogy, but I don't like the prequel trilogy. You are denying yourself, essentially, the greatness of the entire Star Wars saga, the entire Star Wars story. You're denying yourself part of a story. And if you don't have the whole story, then what's the point? I don't think there's any point to really enjoying the films. I don't think there's a point to seeing just the original trilogy and, and acting like the prequel trilogy doesn't exist or, and vice versa. So do yourself a favor. Go watch this prequel trilogy with new eyes. Read the Star Wars Ring Theory. And and you'll and you'll get a, a, a much wider scope, a much wider idea of what the Star Wars movies are. Of course, enjoy the original trilogy as well. I'm not saying don't, but, you know, they are more connected than you think. They are more robust, more ambitious than you think. They are not just popcorn flicks. They are not just films that are meant to be seen and, 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 and that's it and just thrown away. They're not just afternoon, good old-fashioned whatever entertainment you know these are thought-provoking films these are films that are meant to uh stir something in us and 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 you know wake us up you know creatively spiritually emotionally whatever you know and um yeah it's, it's just um yeah so anyway sorry like i said i'm just oh. but thanks thank you thank you for watching i really appreciate it Next episode, we will be going into, we'll be starting the original trilogy, we'll be going into episode four, which will be on a new hope. So thank you for watching. I hope this made some kind of coherent sense. Uh, but have a good rest of your week. Happy Thanksgiving, all that good stuff. And may the force be with you. <laughs>